everyone. Welcome to the chatter on FM 98.3 KCRD. Join us together as, uh, as we begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Remember, O oh, most gracious Virgin Mary, that, that never, never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. Amen. We're recording this on the Feast of St. John the Apostle, the Monday the 27th in the year of our Lord 2021. This is episode 23, and uh, so far the sensors haven't caught on to us. Not yet. We're under the radar. <laughs> and we've got some great headlines this week. Uh, let's let's get into this because we got we got a lot of stuff. We're just coming off the uh, three days of Christmas, Christmas Eve, and and all of that here. Janet, what do you want to open up with here? Well, it's not really a headline, but it although it is impacting different news stories and headlines, and I and I I would put it under the internal United States migration, not immigration, but migration. Oh yeah, this is a good one here. Yeah. And two points, the secular, secular migration that's happening and occurring in our country. you were right the first time. <laughs> and then also the Catholic migration. So fill in the uh, blanks for the listeners yes, secular here. secular and Catholic. Okay, secular is um, states like New York um, have a tendency to be dominated by Democratic-controlled um, politicians. A lot of those people are fed up. And they're selling their homes and moving um, to the red states, more conservative states, more states that align better with their values. But I think if you get into the the details here, the nitty-gritty, what the people moving are saying is they're tired of the uh, communist Marxism Mm -hmm. in these states, and they're moving to, so they're moving from the West Coast, so certainly California, but Oregon and Washington included here, Portland and Seattle, to be included. Right, mm-hmm. yep. And, and moving then, to states like? Texas, Florida, mm-hmm. yeah. The big blue states, the three three big blue states would be New York, California, and Illinois. Right, right. Illinois was the other one. Big... Well, not to mention the uh, People's Republic of New York. Right, yeah. yeah right, yeah. And the Come in- to Iowa. Well, the interesting thing is come to Iowa, but I tell you what, if you're going to vote Democrat, then don't bother. Well, and that is an issue. A lot of people are saying so many people are moving from California to Texas yeah. that they're changing Texas from a red state. They're, they're not calling it blue, but they're calling it purple. Yeah, and that's been the concern, and that's a real concern um, because that is that is something that... I think uh, I don't think that's... I think, I think the Marxists are real happy in San Jose. Yeah, you think the ones that are happy with all of that stuff all of the high taxes, all of the uh, liberal agenda, those folks are staying. And it's only the ones that are uh, more traditional in their approach to things, more conservative in their um, outlook, they're the ones moving, right? Well, this is the high tide right now, but i got to say that this, this is not necessarily new. There was a trickle of this in the last 10, 15, and 20 years. Uh, being the oldest guy in the room, a lot of classmates from... Um, Wallert and Loris 
circa 1970s and 80s left for Texas, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, others went to California, and uh, a lot of them moved back when they began having children in the 90s and the uh, first decade here because it's no place for a family. And exactly. Dubuque is a nice place to raise a family. It really is a, one of the best places in the country to raise a family. But I agree. The Great Migration happened in the mid-80s when Dubuque was, you know, the pack closed and, you know, the whole thing was the last one, last out, of one Dubuque, out of Dubuque. Turn, turn on, on the, the lights. lights. I mean, you know, I was selling those t-shirts. Were you? Yeah. Well, so, that was a very depressed economic time for our state. Right. So what happened there was a lot of people left Iowa, not because of a liberal agenda, but right. because the jobs job were, market, right, the job market, the industry. Follow the money. And, All right. That's the top end of the coin here. The, the second, the flip side of the coin is not the secular migration, but hit us with that. Well, it's the Catholic migration. And what's really happening, and, you know, COVID was kind of a catalyst for this. Um, a lot of Catholics are looking for a traditional Latin mass parish community um, because their existing diocese is not providing it. And they, these people or these folks and these families are looking for, if not a daily mass opportunity for traditional Latin mass, um, definitely a routine mass on Sundays. And a lot of these folks are now moving to places that are providing this for their families. And that's a good question of what's going to happen because, you know, we talked about this last week about the new document that's come out that's clamped down even harder mm-hmm. on the more on the traditional rites and sacraments and, and mass. And so let's say you uproot your family uh, from, you know, Montana and you head down to um, Fort Worth, Texas, Dallas, because there's a, a traditional church there and then and then they're suppressed. Three things on that. One, Taylor Marshall talked about this six months ago. He said there would be a Catholic migration going based on faith. But two items here. One, you talked about uh, Tradiciones Custodes, and then the follow-up document that came out um, 10, 14 days ago. The Dubia. Mm -hmm. The Dubia. There was another document after the Dubia. Came out this weekend. came out this weekend at Christmas, because who's following it in here? We don't have copies of that here, but we will have uh, copies of that. Colleen's saying, what are we talking about? Yeah, I'm, I missed that story. I was too busy having Christmas. Having Christmas, uh, well, doing that. And, and Janet, you you caught the fact that it was released. I don't have the text of it. No, I don't have the, the text either. I, I, um, it was... It was a harder. It was a harder. Basically, it was just re-echoing what the dubia said, and that this is going to happen, and that they're primarily just they're going to deny the mass. And what a lot of people so are talking about the, is underground. The big the big buzz yeah, phrase right now yeah. is church underground. Two two more things on that. One the uh, one of the responses in the dubia, Janet, was uh, you can't publish these masses in your church bulletin without. I'm trying to say this with a straight face. I am getting phone calls from people saying, will you publish our mass schedule? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> On the uh, uh, third item uh, that's tangentially uh, uh, related here, this is the beginning. The object here is not to suppress or squelch the Tridentine rite. What's the end game? Here's my prediction. Mark this on the wall. Put this on the refrigerator magnet. Okay. Okay? 
the Feast of St. John 2021. I predict that the traditional Latin Mass, the Tridentine Rite, is simply in the way. What is also in the way is the devotion to our Blessed Mother in the Rosary. Eucharistic Adoration is in the way. Novus Ordo Masses that have reverence with, with uh, incense, antiphons, and, and people. These are in the way. They're not just coming after your Tridentine Rite. So when you say they're in the way... Are you saying the next thing to be suppressed is will the adoration chapels will close? That's exactly what I'm saying. They are coming after devotion because the underpinning of the traditional Latin Mass is devotion and reverence. It has nothing to do with Latin. It has no, it to do doesn't. with it has to do with devotion. I will agree with that. It doesn't have to do with the fact that there's Latin spoken. Let, let's just say this. If I'm wrong, I'll admit it freely and happily. Because and, and you have to buy us a hot dog somewhere. <laughs> go to Mulgrew's. We'll go to Mulgrew's hot dogs right now. But my point way. is, my point is, this is not about Latin. Watch what's going on here. And Janet, you and I, before uh, you know, we're we're doing the theater of the mind with with um, radio. Colleen hasn't seen it yet, but the priest out of was it Chicago who did the uh, recessional hymn on a scooter from the sanctuary out the front of the church. Was it Chicago or do I have... I think he was, I think it was uh, um, Ireland. Oh, Ireland. Um, Oh, the home country. You know what, I've read so many different stories, I can't remember where he's from. Well, here's the point. Here's the point. That's not reverence, it's not devotional, but it's it's not unsanctioned, and and it, it will it will be elevated. It will be applauded. And it right, and it will go uncommented on by the hierarchy. Yeah, no consequence for that. Come on, a scooter. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't seen that story. Yeah, got to do that. Let's keep moving here. What yeah, are we definitely. Doing? Um, also, employees. If you're an employee of the Vatican right now, you are because of the Omicron variant with COVID going on. Um, the Vatican came out and, and are mandating that employees have a green pass. And the green pass says that you have to be vaccinated. Now, prior to this, it was okay that if you took a COVID test and you turned up negative, you were okay. You could go to work and get paid. Now they're not going to buy that anymore. They're forcing you as an employee of the Vatican to have a green pass. And if you don't, you're going to be barred from your job and you will not get paid. So does that apply to people who want to go to the Vatican, to want to go to Mass at, at you know, St. Peter's? Is, is that the same? I don't deal? know if the Green Pass applies. Hold on, hold but, on here. You, who caught the Masses this weekend? We're, this is the Feast of St. John, the 27th of December. So Christmas Eve, Midnight Mass, the Masses from St. Peter's Square. Oh, yeah. Everybody Did you see was, the crowds? No, there was no crowds. You could have shot a cannon through the square. It was shut down. St. Peter's Square was shut down. There was not a soul in St. Peter's Square Christmas 2021. So are you saying they didn't have... Uh, okay, I didn't see that because I haven't been on the internet a couple of Did They had mass, but there were no lay people there? They had mass inside the basilica. Right, and everybody was masked except for Pope Francis, which most people found quite interesting. There was no crowd in the courtyard 
of St. Peter's Square. Wow. That's the, a first. For the first time in, in You could count years. the bricks. EWTN was at coverage on it like they normally do. But speaking of this, let's talk about, uh, I'm, I'm pivoting on your, because you got another story you want to get to here about census counts uh, across the country for um, masses here. It's, it's uh, a poignant conversation in the Archdiocese Dubuque because they're, they're taking a look at viability of parishes. Colleen, you're out of the conversation because you had... Uh, I know. The... Uh, I was actually being the, celebrating Christmas. Yes. Not with, on my computer. With, 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 <laughs> uh, with, with another uh, great group of priests. But here's what I see. Not only was the Vatican empty, but I, I was um, watching at midnight from the Archdiocese of Dubuque, St. Raphael Cathedral. And I hope I'm wrong, but I'm seeing about 30% people at, with the uh, Archbishop as the main celebrant. That traditionally was elbow to elbow what's going on here. And I was at another parish here in Dubuque on Christmas morning, and there was no significant difference in my count. Now, I I didn't take the count. I'm just sitting in the back and praying to God. But usually any Mass, every Mass at every parish in the city of Dubuque whether it be the vigil, the midnight mass, or the mass of the day, the mass of the morning, are just packed. Folks, here, here's another one. So I'm at a Christmas uh, party, December's, you know, the great, you know, and you get in here, I had a woman ask. So it's not a sin anymore not to go to mass on Sunday. Well, we knew what? that was happening. So she's she, it's it's presented as a statement, but somewhat rhetorical or well, I can't blame the woman. I think most people think that way. Sadly, you know, part of this is is that you know the bishop, Archbishop Jacobs, came out with a statement um, what a month ago or so, or recently at least, mm-hmm. that he's going to be looking at closing parishes in our archdiocese. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's not a rumor; that's actually true. Um, but one of the things that we're floating around this weekend is, is that he's looking at the Christmas numbers for attendance to help influence that decision. So well, they t- aren't there. And they aren't there. Typically, they looked at the October count, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody knows the October count. That's right. So you walk into church and all the ushers are click, 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 yeah. click, click, click on the thing. So you're saying he's looking at the count for well, that's, Christmas. That's what's yes. been communicated that's a, that's to me. That's a rumor. That's yeah, a that's rumor. a rumor. Okay. But the interesting thing is, is if you if you look at what's driving this, um, how how can you be a bishop, and all of a sudden, with everything that they've done with COVID, forcing them the vaccines, and, and I guess they're not forcing them, but they're strongly, strongly saying you need to be vaccinated. They're even going so far as we don't want you in church if you're not. I mean, different comments have been made like that occasionally. And then you you shut down the parishes after a two-week flatten-the-curve lie, and you acquiesce to the government, which you should have never done. You close the parishes. Now you created a, pres- a precedent, and you also created a sad, sad reality, which is people are not in mass because the bishops did that. 
they did do that. And for a long enough time, and I can't even remember how long exactly it was, uh, but it was long enough that people got out of the habit. Out of the habit. Of going to Mass. And they started watching it on TV. And when they started watching it on TV, they saw that there was better quality homilies and more reverent Masses out there. And so people well, were influenced that, that, by that. That would be a great upside if it's a great upside. It doesn't absolve you from the, uh, the obligation. Uh, third, third commandment, keep holy the, the day here. But I think the other uh, side of that coin here is uh, people are uh, doing footy pajamas and slippers and have an ex espresso and uh, watching their items. But here's another item here. We did this last week, and we got to take this into the break here. Um, but this is Dateline uh, a week ago, December 19th on Sunday. There was a uh, great article, uh, as long as I've seen, in the Telegraph Herald. And we talked about this last week here. But uh, we're talking about potential causes and the church is reacting to this subject that we're talking about. And uh, Father Gibbs has talked, in the face of declining participation, uh, many parishes are retooling programs and getting flexible offerings for uh, homeschoolers and summer schoolers and all of that. But here, here's a line that just jumps out to me, and, and we're going to take this into the break and we can talk coming out of it. I'm quoting here. He said that, Catholic parishes have also been urged to focus on two key attributes of the church mission, which is creating a captivating Sunday service and providing opportunities for service to the poor. We're going to be back in segment two and talk more about that here on the Chatter on FM 98.3 KCRD. We are back, and you are listening to FM 98.3 KCRD. This is the chatter, and uh, we we left a, um, we have angels we have heard on high here. What's, what's going on, Janet? See the light, the red lights as we're on the air? So we left uh, the uh, segment here saying um, the quote from a local pastor, local Catholic pastor, that Parishes are urged to focus on the two attributes of the church mission, creating a captivating Sunday service and providing opportunities for service to the poor. And, ladies, I don't think that's taken us where we want to go. Oh, my gosh. So he's saying a captivating Sunday Mass. Yeah, like get a scooter and drive it down like the aisle. Like a scooter, right? Yeah. Okay, let's think about who we have had in our Catholic Church that have been awesome at evangelizing and missions. Do you think St. Francis Xavier would have said the top two things are a captivating service and service to the poor? He would not. How about the pillars of this archdiocese, Matthias Loris and Samuel Mazzucchelli? Sure, bring it around local. Would they have said that? No. This is, this is horrible. This is not who Catholics are. You know what is captivating about those two folks is their message. And the message was one that they just repeated from the gospel itself. That was captivating. I think we need to open this up, Colleen. We've got a uh, uh, line set up, area code 563-231-3545. That's 231-3545. We're going to open it up to the listeners. 
and we'd like you to call you in. Tell, tell us what you think the answers are to your parish, to your church, to the attendance. What needs to happen for a restoration of the, of the great church that is Catholic? We also have, uh, for those of you who are uh, more literate, I'm not saying the phone calls are illiterate, but info at kcrd-fm.org. That, that uh, email address is info at kcrd-fm.org. This is a precursor to what is anticipated in 2022 with regard to the listening sessions in every diocese across the country. But, but here, what, what needs to happen in your parish, in your life? How do you feel about the quality of, of uh, your parish, your school, the outlook of your, I mean, the, the, number one, this is going to be high, my children and my grandchildren and the faith of our fathers. We know that's coming in here. This is your chance to cash in, uh, and I should say weigh in. We're not opposed to cash, but <laughs> weigh in here. Uh, Janet, you had a thought before we move on to the next item. Yeah, no, one, one of the thoughts that I have right now is you, you, made, you made me think of it in the sense of cash. You know, if these parishes need this revitalization and this captivating speech and service to the poor, what are the definitions definitions of those items? And not only that, as we look at future closings of many parishes in our archdiocese, as we're led to believe that's going to happen, what's going to happen to all the endowments that those parishes have set up? And I think those are good questions that you need to be asking as a whole. Let, it, let's try to keep these responses, though. Uh, positive. Let's not uh, be attacking deacons, priests, no, definitely. Uh, bishops and archbishops here. Uh, let's assume we're all wearing the same jersey and playing on the same team here. But this is dialogue. To do, <laughs> yes, let's meet them where they're at. Uh, you know, Einstein says doing the same thing over and over again, trying to get a different result, is insanity. This is a magnitude beyond this. This isn't doing the same thing over and over again. This is amplifying the same thing, turning up the volume on the same thing. And my sense is it ain't going to take us where we want to go. It won't. And, and the ironic thing is, what are the uh, congregations that are increasing? They are at the traditional mass. You've got no exciting pre preaching necessarily, You've got no uh, um, over over emphasis on service to the poor. You've got reverence toward God. You've got uh, solid liturgy, uh, and that is the faith itself is attractive. You don't need all the homiletic, fancy pizzazz stuff. The faith itself will attract people. Yeah, let's. Yeah, the truth does, and you know one of the things about the two points about. Um, mass being captivating and also service to the poor to me that is a protestant vein it's anthropocentric and what does that mean tom that means yeah, please elaborate. we are well athanasius schneider bishop athanasius schneider in his book is it over there or did i leave it upstairs uh, Christus Vincent, Christ conquers mm -hmm. yep. excellent says so that the church has been on a trajectory of 
making this about man and not about Christ. Yep. Yeah, the service to the poor to me is a social justice element. Well, it is, but I'm I'm going to submit this, and then we got to move on because we're 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 milking this here. Um, the churches with traditional devotions, regardless of the of the liturgy and all of that, those communities aren't neglecting the poor, the hungry, and the homeless. They're not dying with meat wagons outside these parishes here. Focusing on Christ in traditional reverence and devotions will naturally lead us to take care of fellow man. Absolutely. Love of God, love of neighbor. You know, this keeps reminding me, and I can't quickly find, I think it might have been Leo the Thirteenth. He said, the world, I've heard enough about the rights of man. What about the rights of God? Exactly. Great point. Exactly. All right, we got to move on one uh, last time. 563-231-3545 is the number to leave us a voicemail. Give us permission. Uh, if you do that, we're going to put you on the air uh, in a recording here. You can tell the tell the city what you think needs to go on, and we've got an email that we can put in the Bellowing Ox newsletter, and that email is info at kcrd-fm.org. This is not quite Gordy Kilgore sound off, but it's as close <laughs> as you're going to get. What else we got here? Well, um, we are just coming off the Christmas feast day. However, one of the things that I want to emphasize is Christmas didn't end on the 25th. It's only beginning. And also we have the Solemnity of Mary, the Mother of God, which falls on Saturday this year. And because it does, it's not a holy day of obligation. Which is one of the reasons why we're falling apart at the seams. Right. Did I say that out loud? And it also is a first Saturday. And I think one of the things we need to look at is um, there was a priest that's out there somewhere on YouTube that did the 12 days of Christmas, but he incorporated saints. We got to get that. Yeah, I just thought it was so interesting, and I didn't have a chance to listen to it. But, you know, we had Christmas on the 25th. The 26th is the Feast of St. Stephen. He's the first martyr of the church. And, oh, by the way, who was leading the pact on having him killed was St. Paul. St. Paul and his conversion comes into play there. Today is the Feast of St. John the Apostle, as we mentioned. The 29th will be the Holy Innocence. Um, that's on the traditional calendar. Normally, if I it falls on the 30th. The, I took the calendar off the wall. I just left it in the other. Okay, so let's go back. You said Christmas isn't over, folks. What do you mean by that? Well, so many people start decorating for Christmas the day it's, after Thanksgiving. It's really huge. It's too big. It's an octave, right? Eight days or it's 12 eight days? eight days. Okay, so well, what eight days mean? of an octave. So, what does that mean? Is that we're celebrating Christmas for these eight days, and through this season of all the masses, it's it's celebrating and also noting the importance of the birth of Christ, our Savior. So it's too big a feast just to be contained in twenty four hours. It's right. Really, we need really eight big. days to party. That's right. Right. Eight days. And you go to mass on these eight days. You got the Gloria. It's like Sunday all over. Right. Yeah, yeah. it is. And it's something where. You really should celebrate. And it doesn't mean gorging yourself with cookies and alcohol, but it does mean. (laughs) Oops. Uh, Is there someone out there that can help her with confession? (laughs) Uh, Maybe virtue. (laughs) Bless me, Janet, for I have sinned. But anyway, what it does mean, though, is this is an eight-day opportunity to do something every day special for the Lord. Maybe you stop by the Adoration Chapel, something you normally don't do. Maybe you say a second rosary. Maybe you... um, bite your lower lip and suck it up and be kind to that person who just drives you absolutely nuts and you show them an act of love. 
You know, that's a really important point. It is an octave and there's only two octaves in the church. We got the octave at Christmas time and we've got the octave at Easter time. And there used to be octaves all over. There used to be one for St. Michael the Archangel. There used to be one for Pentecost. I mean, octaves yes. are big deals. They are. I told you. We, as Catholics, the next thing we to were fall celebrating is the all devotion the time. here, and they're coming after that. Mm -hmm. Yep, and that started with the. All right, we've got to slip this in here because this ties into the uh, ten days and the twelve days, and you talked about the uh, feasts. There's Marian feasts. The Holy Family is in here, but the the uh, right. Help me with Mary, the Mother of God. The Mother the of God. God. Mary God. All right. So in adoration, because he talks to me, he says, hey, dummy. And I say, yes, Lord, I'm here. Actually, that's Colleen yelling that from the back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thought his voice was higher than usual. <laughs> so here it is. The fourth joyful mystery. We're talking the rosary here. The fourth joyful mystery is? Well, it's presentation that. in the temple. And what else happened at the... It is a presentation. You're correct. It is. But what else happened? Purification. There's a, right. There's a, And there's one more P that happened. Oh, yeah. The prophecy. Right. So, when we pray in community the joyful mysteries, we often hear the leader say the fourth joyful mystery, the presentation of the Christ child in the temple. But as I'm praying the other night, I don't know what... You know, why does this stuff hit you? Well, anyway, here it is. Um, and I picked this up on uh, articles, the mystery of the rosary. On the contrary, uh, blah, 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 blah. The Lord's word to Mary, uh, Marina de Jesus de Torres in 1634. This is the apparition of Our Lady of Good Success in Quito, Ecuador. Anyway, the mystery of the presentation actually involves two mysteries, the purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and if you mm -hmm. look at some of the old missals, it holds precedence, pride of place, over the presentation of our Blessed Lord in the temple. Interesting here. I think that's what did it as I was uh, going through my missal at Mass uh, several days ago. The mystery of the presentation involves two mysteries, the purification of our Blessed Virgin Mary. Father Mitch Pacwa on EWTN, when he leads the rosary, well, it was live, recorded, he's much younger in the video, uh, talks about the purification of Mary and then the presentation of our Blessed Lord in the temple with Anna and um, Simeon. Yes, and what, and what day does that fall in the calendar? On February 2nd. Yeah. Oh. The presentation and the purification, right? 40 days after the birth of The Groundhog Day, right? February 2nd. It happened so, again. It happened again and it'll happen again. And what is the other day that February's... Oh, wait. Should I save this? Oh, maybe I'll save Candlemas. this for our... Candlemas oh, for three. Oh, February 2nd. Shoot. Yeah, yeah. Shoot. But All hang right. on a second. I... St. Uh, Blaise coming up in that neck of the woods. One of the things that I... I want to talk about here is we would not have Christmas if we didn't have the Annunciation. And the Annunciation is when the angel Gabriel came to Mary and all of heaven held their breath to get her answer. Was she going to agree to the Lord? Was she going to cooperate with salvation? You know, if you think about it, we all have free will and every decision that we're given to us, we either say yes or no, right? 
all of heaven held their breath for Mary to say yes to this. Mm -hmm. Do we realize the importance of that? Do we truly realize the depth of her yes? Well, it's important here, but... We wouldn't it, have Christmas. Well, we wouldn't have Christmas. We wouldn't have anything. We wouldn't have had salvation. She said, had she said no, And we she had it. every right to say no. And I was just uh, viewing a beautiful icon of the resurrection. I love icons. They're mostly associated with the Eastern rites of the uh, Catholic Church. But I love the resurrection one where Christ holds two two hands from from the tomb and you know whose hands those are adam and eve adam and eve but did you notice that he's not holding yeah. their hands he's grabbing he's their wrists he's grabbing their wrists pulling them from the depths of of uh sheol Shape. Yeah. So speaking of Adam and Eve and feast days, do, do Adam and Eve have a feast day on the calendar? Yeah. We talked about it? that last week. Did we talk about it on the air or off the air? Oh, that's a good point. I don't know. It's, that it's was a week uh, ago, Christmas Colleen. Eve. It's Christmas Eve. Yeah, the Christmas 24th Eve. There. Yep. Christmas Eve is the feast of Saints, Saints Adam and Eve. Yeah. You all know there are saints? Yes. You know, and... Write that one down, Janet, because that's the first time I've stumped Colleen <laughs> since 2004. Check. Yes, so I this, did this, not this, know their this feast day. Nigh on 18 years since I've May been able to, uh, to do that here. What else we got? We got 60 seconds to the break here. What, Janet, what else you got? The only other thing that I had, and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about, is Blaise Supich, the Cardinal out of Chicago, basically um, terminated the traditional Latin Mass in the Archdiocese of Chicago and said that they're on the first Sunday of the month, Christmas, Triduum, Easter, Pentecost, there will be no Latin Mass. And they can say the Novus Ordo Mass in Latin, but they have to face the people. And this, this is important because, again, it goes back to the devotions of the Mass overall. But also what's interesting is this might impact Dubuque because this is the first time or the first cardinal to do this in the United States. So, you know, that makes me think. So he has forbidden the priest to face God. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because, I mean, Novus Ordo Mass, he wants you to be facing the people and not God. Okay. Tr traditional Latin Mass, okay. contrary to that, faces God okay. on behalf of the people. So for like 1,500 years, the priest and the people faced the same way. Amen, right? sister. They yep. faced God. Right? That's correct. And then uh, nowhere in Vatican II did it say, you need to stop that. Nowhere right. does Vatican II say, at Orientum, which means everybody faces the same way, right. is no good anymore. Now, people say um, that, well, the priest's back is to us. No, 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 no. We're all facing the same direction. If they were riding a bus... And we were all going in the same direction. Do you think they would want the bus driver looking at them? Yeah, exactly. No, we need to look at all at the same direction. You really wound her up, Janet. You Here did we got wind to, we're, me up, we're, Janet. Uh, as we said at the top of the <laughs> show, the, uh, the the attack is is well on its way to tradition of all kinds, not solely in the, uh, uh, traditional, in the traditional right. right. And it's all about anthro. Pormorphism, which is the focus of, of mankind. This is the chatter on FM 98.3. We'll be back in 60 seconds and we're going to take a, talk about paid abortion leave oh right after this. Gosh.
We're back. We're in the studio of FM 98.3 KCRD. Thanks to your generosity, we're, uh, we're, we're doing it. We said we were going to uh, go live with some local shows, and we've got the chatter, and we've got Quo Vadis with uh, our dear Catherine O'Brien. And, you know, we have done a horrible, horrible job of telling people that this is not solely a live show on the radio, but this is a podcast. Oh, what does that mean? Seriously? Would you tell her again? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> you guys, I kind of like to knit, and I'm not so much into all the web stuff, so what the heck the, is a podcast? The listeners of this show know what a podcast is. It's on uh, FM 98.3 KCRD. Our webmaster, Chris, gets those shows posted with uh, and, and great engineering team here, Rob, and uh, we got a pair of Chris's. Uh, that are doing all kinds of engineering, and we are uh, ever so grateful for them. So, so wait, so does that mean if I miss the show on the air, I can still listen? Yes. Well, yeah, I mean, that's basically what a podcast is for your listening convenience. So you can you go can to the take website. take us anywhere. Yeah, go at anywhere any time. on the app. Who tr- wants to take us anywhere, if you, you guys? Have, if you have on. difficulty sleeping, Colleen, you can, you can put your... She was saying she had difficulty sleeping. She did. I she turned did. you guys on, and, you and could put boom, us, I was out. You could put us under your pillow, <laughs> <laughs> and boom, you are out here doing that. You right. are something. There you go. <laughs> Boy, that's two minutes of our life we'll never have back again. <laughs> so we left the segment, and uh, the teaser was paid abortion leave for city employees poses new questions. And the subtitle is, get a load of this, you talked about the great migration both uh, ecclesiastically and temporally in Boston, which is traditional Irish Catholic, Pittsburgh, Portland, Oregon. Pregnancy loss bereavement policies have been extended to include elective abortions. What? You're not talking just for miscarriages? Elective abortions are now being written into and covered in pregnancy loss bereavement. You guessed it, the People's Republic of Portland, Boston, Pittsburgh surprises me. Well, I mean, I get the bereavement part, but it's, it's upside down here. I mean, the bereavement should be coming before, not after. Right? I thought people, women, were supposed to shout about their abortion and how it was the best thing that happened to them. Folks, I'm telling you, this is, this is coming hard and it's coming fast. Uh, what's, what's upside down? Gender dysphoria. Uh, abortion leave, treating it as, as uh, a celebration of death. You this know, is- it's interesting that they have added that because I'm thinking the reason they did is because a lot of women that before the abortion thought it was my right, I can do this, not a big deal, realize afterwards what they have done. Exactly. And they need the bereavement time. Yeah, I mean, they're mentally at that point really experiencing some some realities well, that are need, quite they, dark. They need it up front here. They need they uh, do. more Mary's Inns. They need more uh, Dubuconic. And you said it here weeks ago. 
we're just ahead of uh, January's anniversary of mm. of uh, Right to Life. But Dubuque County, ever so blessed with Dubuque County Right to Life, which is unique in all the country. It really is. And little Dubuque County Right to Life, you you all listening right now, congratulations. Little Dubuque County Right to Life is one of the premier. Do we have a date? Have we, have we put that on the... Um... Well, I think the march has been canceled. Oh, what? has it been? Where? In Washington? For D.C.? If, if if the march itself hasn't been canceled, the um, you need to find your own way out. I know when Dr. Elvita King was here a few years ago to speak for the dinner for the um, Dubuque County Right to Life, she was really impressed with the campaign about what life is. What oh, about yeah, Dubuque? Doesn't campaign. doesn't Dubuque do a big uh, rally in on well, a Saturday in January? The Saturday before Roe v. Wade. Uh, I'm trying to quickly find a calendar. The Saturday before that, Roe v. Wade. Um, it's down at uh, Washington Square. Yeah, Washington Park. In Dubuque, it'll be guaranteed to be freezing and snowing. Yes. Always is. So Roe v. Wade is the 23rd, so it should it's be on 22nd. the 22nd. Are yeah. we going to do a um, chili lunch? Oh, the chili, uh, the chili afterwards, the chili lunch afterwards, absolutely. And if it's really cold, they'll do the talks inside. But it is important to go to these things. It really is. Um, so... Yeah, but Dubuque County Right to Life, premier pro-life organization in the country. So that's pretty shout exciting. out to Dubuque County Right to Life. And just to address the issue head on, the question that gets begged, Right to Life is just not about anti-abortion and giving birth. This is, this is supporting all Dubuqueers from... From the womb to the tomb, as they say. Here. That's right, because the newest push, I shouldn't say newest, but uh, now that they got abortion where they want it, they're pushing for euthanasia. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they've been pushing for that pretty strongly, too. And Dubuque County Right to Life educates as well on euthanasia. You know, with this whole COVID thing, you know, lately, too, hospital beds are, are full. Um, people are sitting out in the lobbies of hospitals waiting to see if they can even get a room. Well, and that is true because my husband was in the ER for 24 hours before a hospital bed opened, but they Mm -hmm. said it was not because the hospital was full of COVID patients. That's what they told us because we asked, Mm -hmm. uh, is everybody in there? No, they said because of COVID and people's fear of going to the doctor or when they do come in, they're sicker. And so that's why the hospital beds are full. So they've left it go long they've left their cancer go longer or their heart problems go longer so when they get to the hospital they're hospitalized and they're sicker because they were afraid uh, to go earlier and the other component to that is is there's a staff shortage and there is a staff shortage so we got that all right we're about halfway through the uh, third segment here on december 27th 2000 21, the year of our Lord, and we're going to uh, put ourselves at the mercy of Colleen. Woohoo! Fire who, up the. Who claims she's really stepped up her game with the uh, catechism quiz. You know, Rob, cue the Jeopardy music because I am stumping these two today. Well, we did have some serious softball these two times. Yeah, right otherwise, known as you, are you smarter than a heretic? <laughs> no more Mr. Nice Guy, right. so to speak. I hear, oh, those are such easy questions. Give us some harder ones. Rob, you better cue the music because I'm stumping these guys. All right, let's roll. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, Tom. So excited. Let's roll. Here we Here go. We go. 
All right. You talked earlier how this week we um, celebrate the Feast of St. John the Apostle. All right, Mr. and Mrs. Smarty Pants. What is the symbol of St. John the Evangelist? Is it the eagle? It is. Oh, come on. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Okay, okay, bonus. Why? Don't know. Well, well, his very lofty view of the Gospels, that, that eagle's view. The real question is, is what are the other three evangelists? Symbols. Okay, wait, I'm the one answering yeah, the questions, Mister. Well, come on, Power yeah, Pop, let's go. Come on. So what are they? <laughs> what are the three other three evangelists? Well, the lion is represents who? Oh, stumped. See, you know, you should oh, never the, ask a question that you don't know the answer the to. The lion is St. Luke. No. Yes, it is. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Or, excuse me, you said the... Um, the ox. The no, ox is no, Saint Luke. The lion. The lion. The lion. The lion is Saint Mark in the yes. wilderness. Yes, sir. Saint Luke is the. Wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. Why is Saint Mark the lion? Well, because his opening gospel begins in the wilderness. So what? What well, does that have to do with the lion? The lion's in the wilderness. The lion ain't walking downtown Bethlehem. And did you know in the Gospel of Matthew, the word suddenly is used more than in any others? And so suddenly, you and sudden wilderness, you've got a lion out well, there. Well, Mark, right? when he wrote his Gospel, kind of cut to the chase. Yeah. Okay, and okay. okay. Matt, Matthew is the um, is the man. Why? Well, because of the it begins with the genealogy of Christ. Mm, yeah. He thinks he's so smart. And, and um, Luke, Luke. Luke. Luke is what? Luke is the... Uh, is the ox. Why? Well, because it's the last one left. Because <laughs> he's strong. Because he's yoked. No, He's wrong, yoked. Wrong, no, wrong, wrong. No, no he, uh, it's because he's... Rob, in... use a buzzer sound in there. Yeah. <laughs> because he stresses Jesus, the sacrificial nature of Jesus. And they sacrificed us. Okay, see, these are getting tougher, aren't they? Okay, you're they never are. getting this one. You're never getting this one. Now I can't find it in the book. Okay, we talked about the presentation. Of Mary in the temple. I want to win a pizza or something like yeah. that here. I'm okay. Yeah, if you're going to throw a food out there, I, I'm getting more excited. Yeah, there is no way you all are getting this one. And if you attach beer to it, I'm really excited. <laughs> okay, so we have our different solemnities and feasts, and they tend to have symbols associated with them. What is the symbol associated with the presentation? The symbol associated with the presentation. Do, 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 do. Can I have a hint? I think she's making this up. It's right here on page 431 of the Catholic source book. A symbol for the presentation. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's got to have something to do with the purification. Wrong. I'm thinking out loud here, Colleen. Wrong. Sure, we didn't get this from Corinthians. <laughs> yeah. It is not in the book of Corinthians. I'll just tell you because you're never going to guess it. I think it's a poorly worded question, but I don't know. <laughs> so the symbol associated with the Feast of the Presentation is 15 steps. Yeah, you guys were never getting that, were you? No, not in a million years. I'm Why? Saying. So I'm going to ask you the question then. Isn't Why? That an Why Alfred, the 15 that's an steps? Alfred Hitchcock movie. Let's isn't move it? along. Let's move along <laughs> to the next question. Of course. You're starting to remind me of somebody. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the next question? Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts How absolutely. Much time do we have? Here. 
you got four minutes. Okay, so the next question we talked about Mother of God, Mary, Mother of God. There we go. What day is that feast on? January 1st. That was an easy gimme. Mm-hmm. It was a softball. Here you go. Not to be confused with the Holy Family. Family. That's right. So uh, when was that title of Our Lady established? Oh, my goodness. Right? No more Mr. Nice Guy. Was that, Const- the Council of was, that Con- was that Constantine? I'd go, it's, I'm, it's back there. It is back there. It is her oldest title. Yeah. Right. Ephesus. Oh, come on. Did you yeah. read the Catholic source book? Yeah, no. I got to go with Ephesus. That's her hometown. All right. Council and of John Ephesus. hung out there with okay, her. Okay, what year? Uh, Miss Marty. In the, in the second century? Yeah. Didn't you intern there? <laughs> I did. I had good friends back in Ephesus in the fifth century. <laughs> good one, Tom. <laughs> swear that was her. So that's a dogma. Okay. It's a dogma. How many are okay, there? Okay, so how many, how many what Marian year? dogmas? Hey, I asked the question. Oh, all right. Okay, so seriously, what, what's the answer to how, what year? If it wasn't in the second century. Ephesus is... The Council of Ephesus in 431. Oh, 431? Yeah. I, that stumped me. I thought it would be in the second century. I told you I was going to stump you guys. No more Mr. Nice Guy here. Okay? So um, they talked about, in the Council of Ephesus, uh, the n- two natures of Jesus in his one person. What is that called? The two natures. Mm. Fully human, in fully one divine. Person. Yes. What is that called? The hypostatic. Oh yeah, man, good job. were you good reading job. the Catholic source book too? Well, some of this is just common sense, Colleen. Good thing we didn't have a green dog on that. <laughs> All right, I want pepperoni. <laughs> no, no, no. And no. line and kugels. Okay, we also talked about indulgences. Yeah, we did the other day. <laughs> the other day, like four months ago. Well, if you're paying attention. <laughs> what are the conditions for gaining a? Plenary indulgence, Ooh. and what the heck is a plenary indulgence? Mm. Well, I get these confused, but I know that um, you have to be in a state of grace. Okay. You need to go to confession within the designated time around whatever grace you're seeking around that given time day or time days. frame, whatever it is. Within an octave. And then, uh, so confession, you must attend Mass and receive Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. Yes. Um, What's the toughest one? You can't even have a venial sin, right? Well, no attachment to sin. No attachment That's to sin. That's the tough one. Well, that is the tough one. The other one, you're missing prayers for the intentions of the Holy Father. Oh, I, always, I always forget, forget yeah, that one. Right, right. I always forget that one. Yeah. Pray for Frank. Uncle Frankie. All right, we've got about less than three minutes left. You want a few other toughies? Yeah, yeah this is kind of fun. Oh, yeah. Okay. So here are some... By the way, we should we should pin the audience here. If they've got a question, they should send it in to you. Yeah, Not stump Colleen. Stump Colleen. No, no, send it to your question. So that I can stump you. Send it to the quiz master. That's right, and then I can Colleen stump Colleen at... Uh, What's your email? At indulgences.com. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Inf- info at kcrd-fm.org if you got a uh, question you think Colleen ought to try and stump us with. 
Right. It's not just not me. It's so for me to ask you all. Yeah. Okay. Because you have an indulgence. Yeah. So we're still on indulgences. So I'm going to list a couple things and you tell me if this will gain you an indulgence. Adoration of the Blessed Sacrament for at least an hour. Yes. Mm-hmm. You only have to do 30 minutes. Oh, I was going to say, but I, okay, no, wait a minute. That's a trick question because the answer to the question is yes. It is. It's yes. But I was going to say that, but you only have to do it for 30 well, minutes. Well, how long did it take Moses to build the ark? Oh, seriously. More than an hour. Moses didn't build the ark. <laughs> All right, keep going. All right, here's another one for uh, gaining an indulgence. Scripture reading. Oh, this is a true or false. Scripture reading for at least 15 minutes. True. That sounds whiffy. I think it's true. I'm going to go with true. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You're wrong. Scripture reading for at least a half hour, 30 minutes. See, you got to listen carefully. Is that 15 minutes ain't going to do it. Is that 30 minutes that need to be consecutive or can you break it up? Consecutive. Just asking for a friend. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're under a minute. These are the last two bullet ones. All right. Is the way of the cross um, a way to gain an an indulgence? I think that's an old popish thing, yeah. Yep, that's exactly right. And what about the rosary? Prayed individually in indulgence or prayed with a group in indulgence? Prayed with a group. Mm-hmm. All right, I ended on some softballs. You're fine. We're out of time. Are we there already? I've got 20 seconds left. My goodness. Just enough time to pray. Flying by here. Did we get an indulgence for doing this program? <laughs> with me, probably. <laughs> At your penance. Well, let's do that here. Let's uh, let's say a prayer, as we always do, to close. And let's make our intention for the Holy Father, our uh, beloved Archbishop. and We're in a unique triangle here, with Dubuque being on the mighty Mississippi, and we have uh, three great bishops of Rockford, Madison, and, and the Archdiocese of Dubuque. And uh, pray for a holy priest. Our Blessed Mother continues to... Uh, Uh, implore us, the laity, to pray for priests because it's tough to be a priest and it's harder to be a bishop. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Glory be to the the Father Father, and and to to the the Son and to the the Holy Spirit Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, now, and and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. St. John the Evangelist. Pray Pray for for us. St. Mary, the Mother of God. Pray pray for for us. And uh, St. Stephen, who got overlooked this year. Pray Pray for for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. This is The Chatter on FM 98.3 KCRD, and on our podcast. Call Colleen, she'll tell you what that is.